Well, whenever I came into this class back in 2008, you know, I had a list basically that I went through every month and these were the bills that had to be paid, but I didn't have a spending plan, something that said, you know, here's the money that's coming in, here's the money that's going out, and so that I'd wisely use it. What I would do is kind of a reactive thing rather than proactive, okay, here I paid all my bills, um, let's see how the checkbook started the month, ended the month, uh-oh, it's less than what I started the month, so that's not good, so what do I want to do? Well, I got to do better next month, but what just happened, that next month's already gone by because I've already spent that money putting it on a credit card because then your credit card's a month behind, and so now I'm two months behind, and so, um, you know, that's what a spending plan does. It gets us proactive. This is the money that I've got coming in this month, and here's my plans to do with that money that's coming in. And so we're, we're planning out ahead of time what we're going to do with the money that's come in for that month so that whenever we use whatever we use, it's all for the glory of God. So let's begin thinking about a couple of things. Do you know what you have coming in? Do you have a spending plan? Let me ask you this before we get started. I mean, how many people have a, what I would call a true spending plan, like a plan that here's my money that comes in every month and here's how I'm going to spend it, not just like a list of budgeted items or whatever. How many people <clears throat> feel like they have a true spending plan set up? So some of us do, some of us don't, so th that's okay. Um, and we'll talk about that as we go through there. You know, some people say, um, it says there in your book, some say that, you know, I don't need a budget. Well, I don't need a budget because I don't have very much money coming in. But the truth is, if you don't have very much money coming in and you overspend, then you're in real trouble really quick. And so it is important if you don't have a lot of money coming in to have a budget. Some people are in the opposite. Some people say, I don't need a budget because I've got so much coming in, you know, I don't have to worry about it. I've got a big bank account, you know, I'm making great money every month. I can go spend whatever I want and don't have to worry about it. But when it, what happens then is you are not wisely using what God has given you. There's a lot of misuse of, of your money and... Um, unwise use of of your money and so it's important that all people no matter where you where you land on the scale that you don't have much coming in you've got middle income or you have high income it's important that everyone has a budget there's a story that JB told and it kind of goes with the next question so I'll just stick with it but he knew a man that was uh, looked very successful in the in the town whenever um, he wrote this study and the guy had a very large house that was valued at three hundred thousand which would probably be five to six hundred thousand in this day in time he had four cars a swimming pool um, as the world looked at him I mean he was a very wealthy man but the problem was is he had an income of three hundred thousand dollars a year but he was spending $400,000 a year. So he was in big trouble. And he wanted to look good in front of other people. There's this quote um, by George Foshi, and it says, um, people, people buy things they don't need with money they don't have to impress people that they don't even like. And it's so true that, you know, so many times we are buying things trying to make ourselves look good in front of people that we don't even like and we need to be wisely using the money that God has given to us so this guy he was in trouble and it says there the problem the problem is he is spending more money than he is taking in so with an income of 300,000 you know if we had $300,000 a month coming in man I think I could uh, live life pretty good and not be spending 400000 But the truth is, what happens to a lot of us is, you know, maybe we start off making 10000 and then we get 20000 
and then we get 30,000, then we get 50,000, and man, I could make it on $10,000. I made it pretty good on 20,000, and now I'm making $50,000, and man, things are tight. Why? Because we just increase our level of living every time that we get more and more money rather than living like no one else so that we can live and give like no one else as Dave Ramsey always talks about. So um, just because we get more and more money doesn't mean that we have to be spending more and more money or living to a higher lifestyle. Right now, I mean, I feel like, I mean, even personally, um, personally, and I mean, I've heard other people saying it, you know, with what's going on in our world right now, that, you know, you may get a little increase, but yet with the price of everything, um, groceries, electric bill, all of those things going up so rapidly that it is hard to make ends meet to what it was two or three years ago um, just because of this inflation that we're not having here in America. I heard, and, on, heard on the news today that since 2021, the uh, <coughs> price, consumer price index has got up 17.8% or 184 something like that. So if your if your wage hasn't gone up since 2000 or 2021 by 18 percent, you're in a hole. Yeah, and it is so true. I mean, today, I mean it's it's crazy. But um, today for lunch, um, I went and got Rachel and Lauren lunch at Arby's, just the basic sandwich, fries, and a drink. Twenty-two dollars. Twenty-two bucks. Right Twenty-two there. bucks oh. is what it costs. Crazy. And I mean, where all the time you could go get it for five, eight dollars um, a piece. So maybe you're looking at, you know, sixteen bucks for that would be high. And um, but now you know these things have have changed, and so we have to be even more aware of what we have coming in and what we have going out even more than we have had to in the past um, I think it doesn't matter whether you make a thousand or hundred thousand dollars per month if you spend more than you have then eventually you're going to be in trouble the average family in America spends a hundred and ten percent of their monthly income and so what would the some says some says. The two some says. The two some says are um, I don't need a budget because I don't have enough, or some say I don't need a budget because I, I've got all the money and so I don't have to worry about it. But all people need to know. So we've, we began and going back to where we started from in our first three lessons. You know, first we dealt with stewardship, and we said, you know, what is stewardship? What's biblical stewardship? And we said that it is basically using wisely what God has entrusted to us. And God has entrusted to us uh, so many things, and we're so blessed, and we have to use them for His honor and His glory. Then we talked about biblical giving. And we talked about how giving is often confused, um, how people, you know, so many have been taught, and whenever I ask the question in here, everyone had been taught that tithing is the way that you're supposed to do biblical giving, but we looked at that and we said, you know, from Adam to Moses, that was free will offerings, and then Moses um, to Jesus Christ under the law, you know, there was a tithes plural system, and there was free will offerings, but now... What, what age that we're in, the church age, what type of offerings are, or giving are we supposed to use to be biblical giving? Free will offerings. In 2 Corinthians 9, 7, you know, each man is to give as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So let me ask you this, though, because some people say, well, you know, so I've got free will offerings I can just give as I want does that mean that we're not supposed to give or it's okay not to give I imagine it's probably okay I mean there's no law there's no law but he does say what to, to, to give 
as you purpose in your heart. He doesn't say decide if you want to give or if you don't want to give, but you give as you purpose in your heart. And so there is a idea that we are to be giving. And so we are to be giving. We're to give of our first fruits. Um, you know, and we see these things in the New Testament. So it doesn't give you the option of whether you are to give or you're not supposed to give, but how much you give, there is freedom in that. And so um, so a lot of different things, a lot of different uh, misconstrued things dealing with biblical giving. And we talked through uh, many of those as we went through that section and then last time we dealt with the attitude you know and how it's so easy to get caught up in materialism um, but where are we to be storing up our treasures in heaven where moth and rust can't decay you know materialism the things of this world we talked about how they're all going away and so we're the attitude that we're to have with the things that God has given us is to use them to store up treasures in heaven and we are to be sharing with one another um, looking for opportunities to to give to other people and to give for the honor and glory of God and to use our money wisely so that's kind of what we looked at up until today and then like I said tonight our focus and our in the foundation for our stewardship is honestly it's budgeting so the foundation for stewardship is budgeting. For many, a budget may seem like a bad thing, a restrictive instrument, but it is to help us to control what God has given to us. And so as we look into this subject, think about some mistakes that people make. There's three common mistakes people make um, when dealing with finances, and these come from Ron Blue, um, and number one is a consumptive lifestyle. Number one is a consumptive lifestyle. We spend more than we need. We spend more most of the time than what we have. We're a society of consumers. Even believers are. You know, what does our culture say? It says, live for today. You know, live for today. Because, you know, you never know if you're going to be here tomorrow. So, so, you know, spend it all today. Live for today. But if we were living for today and we thought that this was our last day, what would we be doing? Would we be out spending, buying material things that we're going to leave here on this earth? Or would we be investing in those that are closest to us? As believers, I mean, that's what we should be doing. If we think that if you want to live for today, let's live for today. And let's get in the faces of our friends, our family members, um, our neighbors that are not believers and give them the message so that one day whenever we leave this earth and they do too that we'll be together forever so our culture says live for today not in the way that I was talking about but they say you know just buy get whatever you want have it for today and they also say you know you are what you have and that's what like that guy you are what you have man look at what I've got I've got this nice house I've got these four cars you know I got this swimming pool at my house and, you know, he identifies himself in the things that he has. And there's many people in this world that do that same thing. And then also many people just live for pleasure. You know, whatever makes you happy, you know, that's what you live for. You know, there's a study that shows that more people watch television, the more they purchase. Because what do you see all the time on television? I mean, it's... It's this is what you got to have. Buy now, pay later. Um, you know, this is what's going to make you happy. This is going to fulfill your need that you have in your life. And so you can't live without this. And you see all of those different things on TV. And so what does it make you want to do? It makes you want to buy, buy, buy. And so then we a lot of times make impulse purchases or we say you know I'm gonna set out and go get this that or the other and so you know maybe we need to spend a little less time off of the TV I know now you know Facebook and all of those things 
You can say, man, I've been looking for some Nike tennis shoes. All of a sudden, whoa, looky there, there's advertisement for Nike tennis shoes on my, on my feed. And so um, all of those things, you know, play into, you know, our consumptive lifestyle. Number two is no budget. That's a common mistake. Many people don't have a, mud, a budget, so they don't know what's coming in, and they don't know how they are spending what they are spending. They are responders. Like I said, I was. You know, I looked and see, okay, this is where I started the month. This is where I finished the month. Uh-oh. You know, I didn't do very good. So now I've got to adjust and try to do better. But now I'm behind the game again. And so we don't want to be responders. We want to plan where, what we're going to do with our money. We want to be proactive rather than reactive. And then number three is unwise buying uh, and selling of automobiles. And we'll talk more about that in a later, um, in a later chapter and just see the difference, you know, of purchasing a car with a loan or purchasing a car with cash. And we'll see how much difference that makes. Well, since one of the key mistakes um, that we saw there was budgeting, we're going to take some time tonight to look at a budget. If you want to, you can turn a few pages back in your book and you can see a few examples of some very basic outlines of, of budgets um, that you can use to give you some general information. But I'll tell you this. If you want to make a budget, you want to stay on, on task um, and everything, the best thing that I've found is Dave Ramsey's app, um, Every Dollar. It's an app. It's called Every Dollar. And, I mean, you can put in there every bit of income that you have, every bit of what you're planning to spend it on during that month. And as you spend every dollar, then it comes out and you can see what do I have left how much do I have left to go out to eat you know back in the day a lot of people um, did the envelope system and I mean he still even recommends it today because it's a lot harder to hand out a hundred dollar bill versus swiping a hundred dollars on a credit card and um, so that's another Another thing that you can do is set up an envelope system. So, you know, here, do you want to go out to eat? Well, let me <clears> open up the envelope. Nope, no money left in the envelope, so we can't go out to eat. Um, so we're going to have to find something here that we have, have here, or maybe we have some money left to go buy some groceries. So anyway, but that, that app does the same thing for you. And, you know, every dollar, it's called every dollar because every dollar counts, every dollar is, is to be budgeted. And every dollar in that, so whatever it is, and it's not meant to, okay, well, I've got, you know, $1,000 coming in and I'm going to budget 900 so I have some excess. And he's like, you budget every dollar, and so you have your savings money. You're, you don't budget 900 and then I'm going to put... The other hundred in savings at the end, you budget that hundred dollars is going to savings day one. My money to go giving goes day one, and then I'm going to spend the rest of it. And so that's what that's all about. So that you can use and you cannot feel guilty. You know, I want to go buy, buy a new pair of shoes. Well, look here in the budget clothing. You know, I've got a budget line item. I want to go buy that. I don't have to feel guilty because I've got a budgeted line item. And that's what a lot of people say. Man, I don't want a budget. It's restrictive. No, it's, it frees you up if you use it like it's meant to be used. And you cannot feel guilty about going to a movie or, you know, going and playing around to golf or something like that. If you have it in your budget, then you have that freedom to spend that money because you planned it and you've already saved what you were going to save for this month it was done in advance so you don't have to say you know now i'm not going to have any money to save no you did that in on the front end and so it's there to help you it's it's not to be looked at as something that is negative and so that is one of the other requirements for this class we did the test we even talked this evening about the book review and everything 
Um, but the other thing is, is that everyone needs to make a budget because this is the key factor. If we're going to be good stewards of what God has given to us, then we need to have a budget that is made that is as tightly tuned as you can get it. And in order to do that, um, you may need to take a few months um, to look back and see where have I been spending my money. And a lot of times if you don't have a budget, it'll kind of give you a wake-up call. If you, if you haven't been paying attention to where you've been spending your money, when you go back and look, where has all my money been going? Wow, I can't believe I spent that much here. I can't believe I spent that much there. Why in the world did I buy that thing that I had to have? Where is that thing? You know, I can't even find it anymore. And I thought it was the most important thing. And, you know, I, it was worth $200 to me at that point in time. Now I don't even know where it is. So was that that important? So, you know, it helps you for future purchases and everything as well. So be working on that budget. It's due um, two weeks before the end of class. On the app? You know, uh -huh. is it the green one? Or yes. Is it the one that says Ramsey? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's the, the green. green. Okay. It's green. It looks like, yeah, green with money on the front. Okay, yeah. Every dollar. All right. So without a, pay, without a plan and a well-defined goals, we will always be spending more than we're making regardless of our income. We need a detailed, workable budget with a system of checkpoints that allow us to live within our incomes. Failing to plan is planning to fail. And so we've got to have a plan of what we're going to do with the money that we have coming in, no matter how little it is or how big it is. And we'll talk more about it here in just a little bit. But I mean, a because you make a spending plan today doesn't mean that this is eternity for me. You know, I I've, I put $30 for, you know, XYZ. I put $100 for clothing every month. You know, if you see that that's not enough or that that's too much, you can make adjustments to this thing. Um, and so, you know, it's an, it's an ongoing process that you continue to budget. You get a raise, then, you know, you put that raise in there. What are you going to do with that money um, and make those adjustments along the way? And so it's not like, oh, I made this budget. I turned it in to my in my class and that's the one I've got to live with the rest of my life. You know, it can be ongoing and, and changing and everything as you go along the way so you know don't see it as restrictive that's why some people see it as restrictive i made this and so now i have to stick to this the rest of my life no but you do need to stick to it this month because this is what you made for this month so let's stick to it but if we realize that this is not working then we have the flexibility to make adjustments all right so budgets We'll do three things for you. So that's the next thing there. Why make a budget? Um, the budget will do three things. Number one is know where your money's going. Know where your money's going. That's what a budget's going to do. Underneath that A, see what you're spending. See what you're spending. Are you spending things on, on good things, on positive things, on materialistic things? What is it that you're spending? And like I said, if you go back and you haven't had a budget and you go back two or three months and you see where you've been spending your money, I think a lot of times people will be surprised where all their money is going. So keep a check and balances on where you're spending your money. And whenever you do that, we, as we said earlier, you know, the two key things that you can see the priorities in your life are your checkbook in your date book, you're going back in your checkbook to see where your priorities are in your life and your priorities are where you're spending your money. So a budget will help you in all of these aspects of, of no spending plan, of no savings plan, of too much credit, of overspending, all of those things a budget will help to correct. B is it helps those not living 
within their means. It'll help those who are not living within their means. So it helps you get a, get a handle on your money to take control of what it is that you have. And listen to this. This is a key thing that, uh, that is in here. Every decision affects the future. Whether we spend or save now, it affects what we'll be able to spend or save later. And so if I go buy something now, and I want to spend my money now versus saving it for later, then, you know, there's an effect in that. Now I can't go buy something in the future because I've spent all my money now. You know, if on the first I say, man, you know, let's go out and have breakfast for, for, at, for breakfast at just waffling. And then, hey, how about for lunch, you know, let's go to Red Lobster. And then, man, um, you know, I'm, I'm hungry, so tonight, you know, let's drive out of town and go to this fancy steakhouse. Well, you did that, all three of those things in one day. How much money do you think you're going to have in your budget for eating out whenever you come about 15th of the month? You're already going to be completely zeroed out after spending so much in one day. And so, you know, you have to make wise decisions within the month, but also wise decisions over the period of time. You know, whatever you spend today is going to affect what you can buy five years from now. If you would have saved that money and let it grow interest, you know, how much more would you have at that point in time to be able to buy something that is even nicer? And we'll see that whenever we get to cars and things like that as well and make the difference there. So every decision affects future decisions. Number two, plan. Wisdom is planning. Helps us to give up today's desires for future benefits. Budget, we plan both short term and long term. So underneath that one, um, letter A is daily, weekly, and monthly expenses. These are regular expenses, regular bills that you're going to have. Um, all of those things and we've got to to budget for those those daily weekly monthly expenses and so you know we were talking about my example that i had last time i taught this which was not too many years ago um it says you know just think about it you go out and you have a six dollar lunch five days a week and over the course of the year, that's $1,500. Well, now you can't even find a lunch for $6, um, as we were just talking about earlier. So just think about the amount of money that that adds up to now uh, if you go out and eat lunch every day of the week versus, you know, bringing something from home um, and things like that. So it all adds up. And so we have to think about each of those expenses daily, weekly, and monthly. Then B are projected as expenses. And, you know, one of them is insurance. Most people have their home insurance and everything, you know, put into their loan. And for most people, that's a good thing because um, they don't know how to budget and have that money at the end of the year. Many people pay their car insurance, you know, on a monthly basis. Um, but there's a lot of people that don't do that. And so, you know, you've got a budget for that. You can't say, oh, man, my, my insurance came, comes due this month. And it's six hundred dollars for the, for the last six months. How in the world am I going to come up with that? Well, you shouldn't have to worry today about coming up with six hundred dollars. You should have been putting a hundred dollars a month back, so that today, when that bill comes due, it's like, oh, here's that six hundred dollars. I can go pay that bill. And so, those projected expenses of taxes is another thing. I mean, you know, do you? Are you putting back money to pay your taxes? Again, most of that is like home homeowners taxes and things like that are put in most people's loans. But if you uh, if you don't do it that way, then you have to definitely make that decision to put that money back every month so that whenever that bill comes due, um, then you're ready to pay it. 
mine's not done that way um, and so I have to be very discerning in putting that money back each and every month so that whenever that time comes I'm ready for that and then C is long range so what are your savings goals you know saving for school saving for cars saving for children's school saving for retirement without a plan now then what are we going to do how are we going to reach the goals that we have set for ourselves for those things you know one of the things that i did because of taking this class because i took this class in 2008 and lauren didn't come until uh, several years after that and so um, one of the things I did is the whenever she got here I started putting back for college well you know as an infant I started putting back for a car just $60 a month for a car whenever she was just you know one year old and so that whenever it gets that time I'm not gonna have to worry about man how am I gonna come up with you know at that time, probably $50,000 for a junker <laughs> at the rate we're going now. But, um, you know, so, you know, putting back for those things and, and starting early, man, it just makes such a difference planning from, from day one for things for the future. And so, um, but again, if I wouldn't have had this class, I guarantee you, I would not have ever even thought about doing something like that because before I took this class and I was making more money than I ever made before in my life I didn't have any extra money I was spending everything and I had a loan for my car and I had a loan for my house and you know I spent money on my credit cards and every once in a while I'd spend more than I could pay this month but you know I'll get it paid off in two or three months and then you know boy I'm back to zero but now there's something else and so you know it's just learning this stuff hearing it and seeing it played out in life that is so important and again you know it's something we need to be teaching our children as well but so that they can be planned and prepared if we have children we need to start if we haven't already started you know putting back for college or whatever they're going to do putting back for cars all of those kind of things can I ask a question is that okay or I can wait you can do it okay okay so as you're putting the money back mm -hmm. for like Lauren's car mm -hmm. are you putting it into just a good old generic savings account no okay. I put it back it's in my name and it's in an investment account a growth fund and so I just throw so money then, there every month okay well I'm going to talk to you after class unless well, I can ask them. you can ask okay. yeah so I mean don't you have like penalties and things like that for taking that money out no because I mean that's that's just going in I mean I'm going to have to pay capital gains on it because it's growing interest and I have to pay taxes but you can on, take it out on you yeah I can take it out whenever I want because it's not it's not in like a retirement plan it's in an investment account okay. um, that's that's growing money every month that's what I'm confused about I'm not in all of that is overwhelming to me but I'm one of the books that I'm reading based off of um, your options yep. that you gave us it says that whenever they turn 15 your kids that if you just from 15 16 17 18 and 19 so that's five total years you put aside three thousand dollars a year so it's really not that much and if you just put that into that growth account that generates a 10 percent annual return which is pretty high right now mm -hmm. kind of not easy to find but anyway by the time they turn 60 they have 1.6 million which of course by the time our kids are 60 1.6 million may not be anything but to go from you know, $15,000 to $1.6 is huge growth, you know? Yeah. But I was just wondering, when you're putting that money into the accounts like that, I didn't know, like, can you get the money out for things that you yeah. want? Yeah, if you put something in a, in a retirement account, account, or if you put something in like a 529, which is what I put her money in for college, then, okay. yeah, it, there's a 529, and there's a tax benefit for putting it in there um, state income tax 
for putting it in there. But um, you pull that money out and that has to be for school related things. Now you can go buy a computer with that. Okay. Um, you can pay for tuition, books, anything that is school related. Um, and maybe they don't go to college, maybe they go to, you know, Votech or whatever. Um, you know, you can use that for that as well. Um, but it's any type of higher education or whatever, then you can use that money for that. But if you say, okay, well, you know, I need that because I'm going to go buy them a car. You pull that out, there's penalties and everything because that's not what it's for. You got tax breaks putting it in there and everything. But then I put money for like the car and you could put that like in a CD right now. I mean, CD uh -huh. rates are really great. Um, or like what I've done since I just did it whenever she was, you know, one year old, I started putting money in there. I just put it in a, in a growth fund. Um, but it's not a retirement type growth fund. Um, but and then that's it, the one that then you it can makes, take out for whatever. Yeah, I can take it out for whatever I want, whenever I want, and there's not penalties or anything. You just have with to pay that. the taxes on the gains. Yeah, you pay the taxes on the gains. Okay, I have one more question. Okay. So, are there any decent sized? returns right now I just feel like everything I'm reading in this book it's he bases it off of a 10% annual return and that's just really high it, it is but it's not over the long haul period of time mm -hmm. so from the time that right now everything is way low but I started putting some of that money in when she was one year old now she's nine year old nine years old and even today's money versus nine years ago even though we're down, it's not down compared to what it was nine years ago whenever I put it in, but I've been putting in every year, and you know, your hope is, is that whenever you're ready to take it out, because I mean, the market, I mean, if you look at it over the period of time, I mean, it goes like this. Now, on the way, it does all of this stuff, but over the course of a long period of time, so, 10 years, 20 years, you know, 16 years before she's going to need a car. Once you get closer to that point in time, mm -hmm. you know, if things are on a high, you may want to pull it out and put it in something that's more secure, a savings account, a CD or something. You know, once you're getting ready to use that money, mm -hmm. you may want to pull it out, you know, three years in advance or you know, something like that and get it in a more secure place. Because if you need it and it's down here and I've got to have it, then you're not going to do as well as, you know. So, I mean, it does take a little. But if you, and I mean, Dave Ramsey recommends it and everything too, you got to have a financial advisor to help you, especially, you know, with things like that. And they can lead you and guide you. Where do you need to put your money out? This is going to come out at 16. Well, I recommend this. You know, it's higher risk now. But as you get closer, let's get it in a lower risk mm -hmm. um, atmosphere. Do you have a financial advisor? Yes, I sure do. Okay, maybe you can recommend them. Okay. I might could just do that. Okay. Somebody you know, I'll tell you that. Okay. All right. So, what? where were we? Number three? Yes. Have we got to A? No. We haven't, we haven't got to Sorry. Oh, number three. Be under control of your finances. Be under control of your finances. No, that's totally fine. I mean, that's, we all, yeah, we all learn and, and everything. And if somebody hears me say something that's crazy, you can say, uh, no, that's not right. I'm just doing, telling you what I do and why I do it, and a lot of it's based off of me taking this many years ago. Number three, be under control of your finances. Underneath that, um, A is security. You know, there's peace in knowing what you have and where it's going. You know, there's a lot of stress dealt with people, you know, whenever it's dealing with money. 
And so if you know what you have coming in, you know where it's going out, you can have peace in your life. B is obeying God as a wise steward. And that goes back to that Luke 16 passage that we've looked at pretty much every week, you know, where we be we're to use wisely what we have in little so that we can be entrusted with more. Be faithful with whatever it is that you have. And then C takes the pressure off. Takes the pressure off. Again, just that idea of knowing what's coming in, knowing what's going out. There's less stress in your life. Take time to work on your budget. It's important and it can free up your life. It can change your life. It can get you out of debt. All of those different things that can cause you to have have peace and less pressure in your life. So as we begin the practical aspect of making a budget, we must realize that there is a way to put this together that is biblical and practical. So the rule of making a budget is that what you spend cannot be more than you take in. What you spend cannot be more than you take in. That's the first rule of budgeting. Pretty simple rule, but it's amazing how many people do not live by that rule. So how can we do this? How can people, you know, spend more than they make? Well, I mean, credit cards. And, you know, people don't realize, but, you know, ultimately you're just borrowing money or some people buy and they just don't pay it back. So let's think about two broad aspects. Number one is short range. Number one is short range, and number two is long range. So in the short range, what do you do? Well, you give, you save, you pay your taxes, and then you provide for the needs of your family. I mean, that's, that's the key short range goals that we have. So we give, we save, we pay our taxes, and we provide for our family's needs. In the long range, we think about retirement, education for children, business, professional plans. You know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you you want to buy your own company, you want to start your own restaurant, you want to do whatever, then you've got to be planning for it. You've got to be setting aside for it. You can't just say, man, one day I'm going to do this and uh, not be planning financially for whatever it is that you want to do. So when we make a budget, there's five basic areas that we're going to, that have to be in a budget. And number one is taxes. I mean, you don't even get your check. You know, most places, most people, they don't even get a check until the taxes are already taken out. If you do get your check and the taxes are not taken out, then you have to be even more disciplined to make sure you set that money back. <coughs> we drive cars um, for a dealership in town a lot, and you know they pay us to drive cars, deliver cars, and things like that. And you know they pay us by check, but it's just you know contract labor. You went and did this. Here's your money, and so. Um, you know, we have to be disciplined in that to set that money aside. Rachel does it quite a bit. I do it every once in a while. Um, we get to go together or something, and it's, it's a profitable time because it's nice just to have a couple hours in the car that no distractions, no kids. It's quiet, and you can talk to each other and uh, everything. So... Anyway, so taxes, you know, and the reason it's number one is because most of the time it's already taken before you you even get it. Number two is giving. Number two is giving. So whenever you get your money, you, you, the first thing you're to do uh, biblically is to give out of that. 1 Corinthians 16.2 on the first day of the week. So um, basically at that time, you know, you got paid on a weekly basis. Then on the first day of the week, you gave out of, out of what it was. And some people get paid on a weekly basis, some bi-monthly, sometimes once a month. 
But, you know, the first thing, whenever you get whatever it is that comes in, you give of it. And like we said, there's no legalistic amount, but we are to give as we purpose in our heart because God loves a cheerful giver. So 1 Corinthians 16.2 is that kind of that planned idea. Um, Proverbs 3.9 also goes along with that. You know, you give of your first fruits. Um, so it's planned, it's regular, but it's free will. 2 Corinthians 9.7, um, you know, that it's as you purpose in your heart and God loves that cheerful, that hilarious giver. And then number three is savings. You know, and so many people, again, just like giving, you know, a lot of people say, man, I'm going to spend all my money, whatever I got left, I'm going to give it away. Or the same thing, I'm going to spend whatever I've got, and then whatever's left at the end, I'm going to put that back in a savings account. And that's what I said, you know, the budget helps with that. I've already gave away what I was going to give. I've already saved what I was going to save. And so I don't have to determine, man, am I going to go out to eat one more time or am I going to use this money so that I can have it and put it back in savings? I've got it planned to go out and eat so I don't have to feel guilty that I'm going out to eat and now I'm not going to be able to put anything into savings because I've planned for that money to go there and so it's not restrictive and that's what so many people see it as restrictive but it gives you freedom it gives you the freedom to use that money for what you planned for and you don't have to feel guilty about so we are to save you know some people whenever you talk about savings you know they think well it's selfish or it's a lack of faith you know God's just going to provide I don't need to worry about savings but we should save um for future expenses, for unexpected things, um, for future desires, you know. I mean, you may want a new car. So let's plan for it and let's put it in into a savings account. You may want, um, you know, whatever it is. And it may just be a new pair of shoes. And you may say, you know, it's going to take me three months to save up to get that new pair of shoes. Um, but whatever it is, you know, we plan for for those expenses, but we also have to have savings because unexpected things happen. You know, have a blowout on your tire, your engine blows up in your car, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, then those unexpected things happen. You go in to put your, put your dishes in the dishwasher and they don't work and, you know, not everybody has a kid at home that you can say, now you're the dishwasher. You know, some people have to go buy a new dishwasher and so, um, we've got a plan for those unexpected things, and so we do have to save, and it's biblical to save money. Then number four, we've got to meet the needs of our family. First Timothy 5.8 says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially for those of his household, he has denied his faith and he is worse than an unbeliever. And so as believers in Jesus Christ, we've got to be able to provide for the needs of our family, our children, um, our spouse, our parents. You know, sometimes we have to we have to do things for our parents. We have to be there for them and, and provide for their needs. And uh, so and I love taking care of my mother. Just in case she listens to this. But anyway, so you know we have to be able to take care of our family and, and their needs. And then number five is pay our debts. Psalm 37, 21. Proverbs 22, 7. The rich rule over the poor. Um, you know, we don't want to come slave to the lender. We want to pay off our debts pay whatever it is that we owe. Um, what was the Proverbs verse? Proverbs 22.7. So, you know, those are some key areas that have to be put into, into our budget, but there's others, you know, entertainment, eating out, sports events, hobbies. Um, you know, all of these things need to be put in there so that you have the freedom to spend your money in those areas. So, um, you know, and like I said, there's 
big overview kind of things uh, back there on those two two budgets that are back there but uh, you know and in that Dave Ramsey thing I mean you can make a line item for anything that you want I mean you can nails or hair or you know shoes shoe strings I mean you can make it as individual as as much as whatever it is that you want to spend your money on um, you know you can you can individualize that you can make any category that you want to if you want to do a, do the hand thing and and watch it and write it down as you go you can do that um, but any way that you do it you know individualize it make it as specific as you can for your specific needs so as we can see making a budget is not easy um, we're responsible to use wisely what God has given to us so in order to do this we must be able to do this so how can we do it and um, there's four things that we have there number one is look at your expenses and again this goes back to kind of what we've already said earlier but we got to look at our expenses where is our money going where have we been spending our money and where is it going are these the priorities in our life is this where I want to be spending my money and we establish a budget number two is establish a budget establish a budget based off of where we want our money to go maybe not where we've been spending it because we are like that is ridiculous what I've been doing and so we establish a budget based off of where we want our money to go and then number three is we control the budget we control the budget so the budget doesn't control us we control the budget we have to be disciplined in the area in the areas that we have set and we have to be disciplined but we do have freedom so we're not disciplined and stuck with it for life we're disciplined and stuck with it for this month but if we need to make an adjustment for the next six months then we've got that freedom and um, to control that budget and to be disciplined in those areas and then number four is evaluate and revise evaluate and revise you know is there something that I'm going over every month then let's revise the budget where what am I what am I spending under every month that maybe I can take some of that money and put it in this line item um, and make those things work but the key is to be disciplined to live by this thing it doesn't do you any good to say here's a hundred dollars for this hundred dollars for this hundred dollars for this I spent 200 200 200 you know every month and then what good does it do you to have a budget if you're not living by it so you got to be disciplined to live off of what it is that you put down so realize that God expects us to live within the means that he's provided so let's talk about how do we do this we ask ourselves the questions number one what do I owe what do I owe you know, are there debts that I owe? Are there credit cards? Are there school loans? Are there cars that need to be paid off? Are there toys that I have? You know, big boy toys I'm talking about. Um, that we have, you know, so what is it that I owe? Then number two is, what do I own? What do I own? You know, and so many times we don't realize what all it is that we do own. And sometimes in order to live like we want to live, in order to get right, in order to get out of debt, sometimes we have to get rid of some of those things that we own. Or some of the things that the bank owns that we think we own, but we really don't own. They own us because we're having to pay for them every month. And so, you know, that is... That is something that you have to think about. And sometimes, you know, getting yourself to where you want to be, it, there's a sacrifice involved. And so what is it that we own? And in what it is that we own, you know, are there things that we don't need? 
to get us to where we want to be. If we're where we want to be and we own all these things, then that's totally fine. We're, we're on the path. I bought this with budgeted money and, you know, I'm doing great where I am and I'm, I'm progressing, then it's fine to have those things. But if you're not where you want to be, then look at what you own. And then number three is how much am I spending and where? How much am I spending and where? Again, goes back to tracking everything, watching where every dollar goes. Every dollar counts. So where am I spending every dollar? Don't cheat yourself. You know, I was pretty good at that for a while. Get a little cash on the side money and then that goes over here for whatever I want. But if cash comes in, it needs to go in your budget and then disperse it out of there and so that you can see where are all of my expenses and not cheating the system trying to push things through trying to push things through that the wife doesn't know you know that's even that's even more troublesome but i think the wives do that more than the, than the men do. <laughs> Do it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back at some of my previous statements. Take yep. this one, future Taylor. Gee, I how much of that dress cost. Oh, I've had that old thing for years. <laughs> oh, well, what's this bag and this receipt? Ah, they're from years ago, too. That 2023, that was just a, a mistake. mistake. <laughs> oh. Okay. Sorry, here we go again. Nope, All right, fine. On, on the budget part, like uh -huh. whenever you're doing your income per month, you have a fluctuating budget. So you just like look at the previous month and kind of base it off of that and then just, um, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, it does make it harder whenever you do have a fluctuating. But the goal is, is what you have coming in. So let's say that, you know, to the, Today's the first of the month. I don't know when you get paid, but let's just say you get paid on the first of the month. Mm -hmm. So today's the first of the month, and last month I got, you know, X amount of dollars, and this month I'm going to get that, and I'm going to get different. And so the other thing is, is you, you know, like we were talking about, let's say you're a school teacher and you're going to get paid nine months out of the year, and then three months you don't, then you have to budget for all of those months kind of with you you'd have to do the same thing so let's say i got a thousand dollars this month i got fifteen hundred the next month i got two thousand the next month i got eight hundred the next month then kind of you're going to have to take a kind of an average it out type mm -hmm. of a thing so um, you average it for the year okay that i mean that's that's kind of what i would do yeah, i don't i don't know what those guys would say you would do like you would be noticing the same thing. I'm laughing because I'm like, hello, do you know who you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That might be a thing. Looking at it with um, over a year-over-year -year basis mm -hmm. and seeing if those expenses line up quarterly, like annual renewals, subscription fees, um, things like your dues to any kind of board of any kind, mm -hmm. um, those things might be a budget item that you're seeing on a regular basis but but that's what my recommendation would be like you know look at the average for the year yes. and then you set a budget to that and then to start out you're probably going to have to have a little fluff in there because if you're coming into your three worst months of the year and you set the budget at the average then you're going to be in trouble, you, you know, month one, two, and three. Uh -huh. And so, you know, gotcha. if okay. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right, so when you make a budget, the keys are, number one is team. Both the husband, wife, everybody in the family, they've all got to be on the same team. You can't say, well, I'm going to set a budget and this is going to be, you know, the way it's going to be. And then husband's like, well, I'm not on budget. I'm going to spend whatever I want, wherever I want. That's not going to work. 
And so you got to do it as a team. And, you know, you've got to have some give and take there. You know, I want, um, you know, X amount of dollars to play golf every month. Well, you know, I've got to have some give and take that, you know, that's not all of our excess entertainment spending money is going right here. You know, there's got to be some give and take. And so everybody has to be on the same team and your budget has to work for everybody within your family. Number two is, um, is plan. Make goals, set goals um, for one month, three months, six months, a year, and you know, do things to achieve, achieve those goals. So, you know, what, what is your goal? You know, you may say, man, right now, you know, things are tight. And so, you know, I can only give the what an average giver gives, the 2.2%. But my goal is, is that I want to get to where I can give 10%. I want to get where I can give 15%. So what is going to get me to that goal? Well, I've got a lot of debt. That's why I can't do it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to eliminate that debt. And whenever I eliminate that debt, you know, I'm going to I'm going to use that for to get me to my goal that I want to be. I'm not going to say, "Man, I got out of that debt. Now I'm going to go buy me a new car." You know, put yourself back in that position. So set goals. Where do you want to be? Where how much savings do you want to have? Well, you know, I can't put very much back in savings right now because, you know, I owe all this debt. Well, then, you know, in Dave Ramsey's that total money makeover and that debt snowball and putting back money, you know, for your emergency fund and then getting rid of that debt um, with that debt snowball of taking whatever the lowest amount you you have and then taking that money and putting it to the next one and then the next one and getting rid of all that debt and everything. Um, it's amazing how fast you can remove debt by doing those things that he recommends. Sometimes it doesn't sound logically right. You're telling me that, you know, I've got this $1,000 loan over here that, you know, has an interest rate of 3%, and then I have this credit card that has, you know, $5,000 on it and I'm paying 18% and you want me to pay all of this off before I pay on this, this has got a lot more interest. But you pay that completely off, then you don't have that debt anymore. And now you can take that money and this money to attack the bigger one. And so sometimes people say that doesn't make sense, but it does make sense and it works. <clears throat> and you get to accomplish a goal. I got rid of a debt, so I feel better and now this debt is going down way faster because I'm using this money and this money to attack that, that debt. And so anyway, we just need to, need to think about all of those things, plan, prepare, and get ready. Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. And so, um, you know, if, if we're focused on Christ, if we're living for Him um, and He is our focus, then He's going to give us the desires of our heart. He's going to give us um, ways to, to live and give like no one else because we're living and giving right now um, based off of His Word and according to His Word. So, some tips. Some tips. The first thing here is monthly. What are your bills that you have to pay each month? Look at what those are. These are some things that we've already gone over. Just kind of reiterate and focus on the right things. Then the next one underneath that is six months slash yearly expenses set aside the month month the money monthly so don't let those things sneak up on you and don't dip into that you know some people they'll say you know here uh, I want to go buy this pair of shoes and so I'm gonna take from my eat out money and go buy those shoes okay 
that may work. But you don't say, man, I want to go buy those shoes. I'm out of all my other money, so I'm going to take my mortgage money and go put it over here. Or I'm going to go take out of my taxes money and put it there. Or I'm going to go take out of my insurance fund and go buy those shoes. That don't work because then whenever that bill comes due and that money's not sitting there because you went and bought a pair of shoes with it, you're going to be in trouble. And so, you know, there there is some flexibility within the budget, but you don't go stealing from Peter to pay Paul and when Peter comes calling. Then the next thing is unexpected savings. You know, you got to have savings for those unexpected things, those auto expenses, those home expenses, things that break down. And then the last idea is cash. Some people operate better whenever they have a cash system. And like I said, most people spend less money when they have to spend cash rather than even swiping a debit card where it's coming immediately, immediately out of your account but just again handing that money out and so again that goes back to those envelope systems and so you know once the cash runs out it's hard to spend it and so if this is your if this is your envelope for whatever it is that that you're going to do there's no money in there there's no way you can go do it so it stops the buck even better and so if you're not well disciplined, um, that may be the better thing to do is deal with everything in cash. <clears throat>